Welcome to my podcast, Exploring Past Lives with Karen Joy. I am Karen Joy. For over a decade, I've been doing regressions with people who want to experience a past life and sometimes their life between lives. I'm the author of several books, including the groundbreaking book, Lost Soul, Wise Soul, How Our Challenging Past Lives Shape Our Future. In this unique podcast, I speak to people who have actually experienced one or more past lives. Some have also visited their life between lives, which is also known as the afterlife. Come with me now to learn what can happen in a past life regression, what a past life experience is like, how it unfolds, and how it impacts on our current lives. Today we're very fortunate to have with us Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth is a practitioner in past life and life between lives regression and I've known her for some time and she's very generously agreed to come along and talk to us about one or two or whatever, I don't know how many yet, regressions that she's done and she practices in Arizona in the winter in America and in uh in Maine, is that right, Elizabeth? In Maine yes. in the summer. And so we're very lucky to have Elizabeth, and I don't know what she's going to talk about, but welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure, Elizabeth. So we're going to start off by, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your spiritual perspective and how you came to have that sort of perspective, if you'd like to share that. Thank you. Sure. Sure. Well, when I was five years old, I drowned and my father saved me and I did have a near-death experience, rather abbreviated at that time. Um, however, it there was this, my soul self was actually speaking to me, the little girl self who was, who was drowning. And um, it was very comforting. And I also um, witnessed a light. And there was a deep sense of peace and knowing that everything was going to be okay. And um, so I was kind of talking to myself and uh, it didn't go on much from there because my dad pulled me out and I was, you know, choking and getting rid of the water and everything. And uh, there was always, from that point on, there was always that sense of knowing uh, even as a little girl, that we go on, that uh, when someone or something dies, it's not really the end. It's uh, more of a beginning into another uh, level of consciousness or state of consciousness. So it was very comforting for me. I was really interested in science as, as a young person. And so I did go into uh, the laboratory sciences, uh, medical laboratory sciences, and I specialized in microbiology for just over 30 years. And there came a time when I discovered Michael Newton's Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls and read those books and Brian Weiss's Many Lives, Many Masters. And I just felt this overwhelming desire that I just had to learn how to do this work. So the opportunities came up. And um, I also had some dreams that were very uh, lucid types of dreams that sort of led me on and encouraged encouraged me to, to follow this path. 
So I decided, you know, that I really wanted to do this work and then went through the steps, uh, went back to college to earn an MS in clinical mental health counseling, feeling like I wanted a good foundation for how to best talk with people and more importantly, to listen, to really listen to their stories. And then trained with uh, Paula Rand in uh, New York Holistic Healing Center for transpersonal hypnotherapy and past life regression uh, therapy. And then went on two years later to train with the Newton Institute. So my, my spiritual perspective is, is largely based on the whole, the whole journey, the whole mystery of everything, why we're here. What are we working on while we're here? What are some of our lessons? What are some of the themes that follow us through, through lifetimes? Uh, that sort of thing. And how can I help? I uh, really wanted to be in the helping profession, which was a, a switch from science to counseling. It was quite a switch. So it sounds like you've had this comfort of knowing that there's more all the way through your life. And as well as that, then you still went into science and everything, which is great because I think coming from a grounded position when you're doing this work is worthwhile. Sure. Yeah. It, there were just things things that couldn't uh, be explained. Um, you know, for example, we'd have an organism that had uh, different biochemical reactions and um, it was difficult to identify um, so that you'd know how to treat it with antibiotics. Um, and the patterns, most of the time, say 99% of the time would be a certain way. And then there would be that 1%. And it always some, um, you know, I, there was always that question in my mind, why, you know, why is there this variation? And I know you could explain it through genetics and mutation and all of that, but, but the mystery behind that was what really appealed to me as well. So inspired me to look further. I guess I, I grew tired of science, actually. It didn't have all the answers by the sounds of it. Right. I felt like there was so much more behind the scenes, yeah. uh, very mystical and, uh, yeah, mystical and magical and mysterious. And uh, so I wanted to explore that further, the, the spiritual behind the ordinary, everyday, physical, scientific so obviously you had to do regressions to qualify and are you going to share with us a past life or one or I don't know whether, I don't know what you're going to do, Elizabeth, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing it and I'm sure our listeners are too. So you're going to share something about the past lives regressions or the life between life regressions that you've done and sure. I'll let you speak about that if you'd like to. Oh, sure. There have been, um, there have been so many regressions. Uh, my one of the first introductions to this work was um, a well-known psychic in Maine held a workshop uh, where we brought our blanket and pillow and and she led us down a hallway and uh, had us open different doors, you know, corresponding to different years. And where were we? What were we doing uh, during those years? And most of those years. I found myself in a in a human body on earth and there were snippets uh but yet very very vivid one of the most um remarkable experiences during that group regression was I was a little boy and our 
family lived uh, in a cabin on the land of a great lord and lady uh, in England. And there were these cruel soldiers who would come through the woods every so often. And uh, I had a little sister who um, was my, actually my daughter, Miranda, in this lifetime, current lifetime, the soldiers came through and, and they were just inordinately cruel. Uh, so they shot an arrow and it uh, landed in, on my sister. And so I was trying to protect her. I was around 10 years old and uh, we were very poor, very poor. The, the word surf or, yeah. you know, we were basically serfs. Um, so I was trying to protect her and I looked up and one of the horse, uh, one of the soldiers uh, shot an arrow into me. And during the regression process, um, I, I could see the soul of that person was my, my ex-husband who happened to be very abusive in this current lifetime. Uh, he was the one who had shot us both uh, with arrows and it, mine was lethal. So I experienced uh, dying and, and it was so uh, visceral, so vivid, um, the, the cold, the cold that goes beyond ice and snow and how I sort of melted into the ground, my energy sort of melted into the ground. It was, uh, it was impressive. So during that group regression, I experienced, I believe about six lifetimes and of course, in a group regression, you don't get that one-on-one -on -one attention of what happens next. Keep moving. Tell me what happens next, which is what I love about Life Between Lives is, is bringing people through the experience and processing the experience and meeting up with your guides and perhaps going to the soul realm, all of that. But that really had me very interested. And so I followed it up with you know, the training and, and studying and, and of course, having uh, regressions with other people. One of the most vivid during my training also was a lifetime in Amesbury, Massachusetts as a Puritan. And right, you know, from being a young boy until I was an old man and past, uh, this was with another uh, past life regression therapist, we were training and it was interesting. There was someone who was being uh, hung uh, for being a witch, and she was actually a healer, an herbalist, a, a medicine. It was one of our neighbors, and it was interesting to to feel the psychological, you know, the sadness. I was a young man, and here was this woman uh, being hung for, you know, helping people and healing people and being dubbed a witch and. Uh, so it was very vivid. The visual was very vivid and the, and the feeling, the emotional part of it was very vivid. And also recognizing some people there from my current lifetime, that, that was also interesting. Uh, you know, you find that you recognize some and think, oh yeah, you know, and then other people, uh, souls, you just don't recognize. So uh, that was interesting. And then another one that stands out in my mind is uh, I went back to around 500 AD and I was a cliff dweller in the same area where we live uh, winters now in Arizona. And I was a man and I was kind of like the, 
the the group wasn't very big, but I was kind of like the leader. So I had this this fancy headdress that I wore, and um, on occasion, when I wasn't hunting, um, and my wife, the opening scene was uh, my current uh, fiance. It was his soul in a woman's body, and she was giving birth to our second child, and she was screaming in agony. And uh, so I was rushing out to find uh, there was a, an herb that would help calm her, you know, calm her pain and help things progress. And so I remember, you know, uh, having my loincloth on and running along this uh, river, and uh, it was a small tributary to the Colorado River. I discovered. So uh, finding that herb that would help uh, help her labor and delivery, and, and it did. And uh, so there were a few of us living in this particular cave uh, in the cliffs. Uh, that was very vivid. And, and it ended because I was, a few of us were hunting, and we were hunting um, wild boar, of all things. And uh, one of the tusks, one of the boar fought when we were trying to tie it up. And uh, it, it gouged my, my thigh, and then my thigh became very infected. So very slow, painful death, becoming septic, and then moving on and, and uh, rising up and, uh, and meeting my guide. And uh, that was always very, very special and such a relief to meet, to meet your guide, your spirit guide. It's just uh, amazing. And one of the things that sticks with me about that experience is uh, meeting with my council. I believe that was the first time I had met with my council, you know, through the LBL. And the, the council member in the middle, there were five, and he had on like an old English wig. So it was kind of like white. And, and <laughs> there was such a it was a, a feeling of lightness and uh, teasing, and I thought it was going to be so serious. And um, and they were teasing me about my headdress and pointed out, you know, that that vanity had been something I'd been struggling with for several lifetimes. And so they kind of poked fun at me a little bit, especially the one who had the wig on. And um, it's funny they do you know, do that sometimes, don't they? Mm-hmm. They are very light mm-hmm. and humorous. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. The question he posed was, you know, tell me about that wig. <laughs> tell me about. I mean, tell me about that headdress you're you're wearing. Um, why are you so attached to that? You know, why do you think that uh, kind of identifies you as a as a person, uh, as a leader, or whatever? And they didn't actually didn't speak with me a whole lot after that, uh, but they sent me to the Hall of Records where I opened my book. And I thumbed through it energetically. It's not, you know, a physical book, but it was a beautiful energetic book. And um, I was able to sort of sink into the each scene that I was interested in looking at. And, and um, it's very magical in that when you sink into the scene energetically, you are actually there at that time and place and then those surroundings and the people who were there, I, I was just amazed with, with how that was. And so I experienced a few lifetimes where I was, in fact, working on vanity, you know. So, <laughs> wow, that's one good. of the that's, themes. 
So do you think that you've conquered that one now or in the process of conquering that one? I, well, I think I'm still working on it. Uh, one of the womb regressions I had as part of a past life and life between lives, I had decided to choose a body. There, there were a couple of other bodies in previous lifetimes where I was really beautiful and, um, well, handsome as a man and very beautiful as a woman. And I used those qualities to kind of manipulate and get my way. And um, I was always kind of worried about how does this look and how does that look and what do other people think? And, um, and in the womb experience of this lifetime, I discovered that I, I just really intentionally chose a, an average body I just wanted an average body, no outstanding beauty or handsomeness or anything. I just wanted to, you know, live more from my heart, yeah. you know, and and using my mind, of course, too. So, so I think it's um, it's a it. We learn so much through different lifetimes, uh, and the way I think of it is, it's kind of like a diamond with each lifetime being a facet of who we are yeah. and also perspectives on different things. You may gain, uh, say, 20 different perspectives on compassion through living different lifetimes and being in different situations with different people and dynamics. And um, so different lessons about vanity and worrying about what others think and wanting to look good and that sort of thing. Uh, you can learn so much through experiencing different lifetimes and different situations. So, Well, there's so mm. much to learn. There is so much to learn, isn't it? it really, if you mm -hmm. think about it, it's, it's almost never-ending. But I've never thought of you Absolutely. in any way as being vain. I must, in the years that I've known you, I've never... <laughs> Never, oh, never, that's good. I've, never, I've never thought of that at all. So I think you're doing pretty well. <laughs> Would never have occurred to me, Elizabeth. <laughs> Well, that's good. It's, it's, it's funny because my mother was extremely vain in this lifetime, extremely vain. It was almost crippling for her at times. Uh, and I remember being kind of disdainful of her for those reasons, you know, and, uh, and yet as I explored further into my spiritual lineage, uh, the lineage of my soul, you know, I discovered what it's like to be, you know, to have that kind of perspective yeah. or uh, personality. So, um, and, and that brings me to another lifetime, if you're interested. I, um, I was a, a wastrel uh, during the gold rush in Colorado. I was a man and I had a beautiful um, plot of land, a family, a nice home. We were farmers. And uh, this was 1700s. I don't remember the exact date, but we were also infringing on the Native American land. Uh, so we were attacked. And I happened to be away on my horse getting supplies, horse and wagon. And my family, my wife and children were at home. And um, the Native Americans were very angry. They were Apache, uh, very warlike. And uh, they ended up, you know, killing my family and uh, burning down 
my home, my homestead. And it was extremely painful. I, I really could just feel that pain during this past life experience. And I was looking for ways to, to numb the pain or dull the pain. So I began drinking whiskey, just really, really not whiskey like it is today. It was, you know, just really harsh. Moonshine um, sort of whiskey, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it was really, you know, rough on your digestive system and everything. In the opening scene, I was in a ditch uh, near a town, uh, in, in an old west town, just very classic. And there were uh, stage coaches going by and, you know, ladies in their finery. And uh, they would see me down in the ditch and I was, I was dirty. I was unwashed. Um, I was smelly. I could even smell myself in this regression experience. And, you know, just unshaven and um, gross. And the feeling was I, I just, I felt disgusting. I, I felt like all I cared about was another drink of whiskey. Um, that was really all I cared about was getting another drink of whiskey. So I was sort of staggering towards the tavern. And uh, again, my, my ex-husband in this lifetime was uh, one of the cowboys and he was disgusted with me and, and shot me in the back. We've, we've had some karma to work out <laughs> <laughs> through, through the many centuries. So um, I, you know, I remember dying and in this lifetime, I had a very, right in the spot where he shot me, I had a, had to have a, a big, um, tumor removed um just below my right shoulder and wow. uh i it, it was interesting how that regression experience uh kind of lined up with that was that tumor removed if you don't mind me asking before or after before the regression after yeah okay. i believe so that's when it grew uh like it was just a little bump and then after the regression it just went you know so wow. so they were able to successfully remove it but I think it was there kind of as a reminder of, um, you know, the, the experience and, um, uh, and also the need to, the need to forgive as well, um, which is another story. However, one of the most significant things that I gained out of that experience as a wastrel was I've been surrounded uh, by alcoholics for most of my life, my family, both sides of my family, alcoholics. And um, the tendency was to be very resentful of it and very angry and disgusted and all those emotions. And when I experienced myself in that past life as, as an alcoholic wastrel, I felt this level of, of compassion for addictions in general, just knowing that when I was laying in that ditch, smelly and people spit on me and called me names and just knowing um, how helpless I felt, you know, in the grips of, of that addiction, you know, trying to numb that pain from the loss of my family and home. And, you know, it just gave me a whole different level of compassion and understanding. It's so worthwhile, things. so worthwhile to have that experience and get that understanding because one of the things I think we realize mm -hmm. as we, as people who do these regressions, and that's why, one of the reasons why I write books about it is to share that this understanding that you just do not know where they've come from 
and what they've suffered. And it's very easy right. to judge, very easy to judge other people when we don't understand. And I, I think it's great to be able to open up that understanding and, and look and think, well, I really do not know what's behind all mm -hmm. of that. And so even though we, right. we may not be able to do anything to help them get out of it at that stage, well, at least we can be compassionate and kind. And uh, yes. I, think that, I think that's what the Dalai yes. Lama is about somehow when he says about being kind. Yes. Yes. Mm. It's, it's, uh, you don't know. I, I love the saying, my mother used to use this saying about, you don't know what a person's path is like unless you walk in their moccasins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and really, exactly. and yet that, that memory of being in that space as a, as a drunkard and a wastrel in the old West, um, really brought forth a lot more like, wow, I was in that same situation for my own reasons, but you know, how, how difficult that is to, to struggle with. Well, that, so. it, to me, that's the parts of ourselves that we've disowned in a way. It's, it's almost like it's projection. And I've certainly mm -hmm. been guilty of that in the past where I've been judging somebody. And then if I look deep enough, I find that that's been part of my past too. And it's almost yes. like, Yes. Almost like the smoker who's uh, given up smoking and now hates everybody who smokes, forgetting that the younger self who did smoke is the one who taught you what you needed to learn. And so it's really about embracing those parts of ourself and thanking them for what they've taught us. Exactly. That's, that's what we discover. Exactly. It? So it does sound like yes. it has had an effect. These past lives have affected your current life would you say? Oh, that? absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, many issues have come up uh, regarding forgiveness uh, and regarding compassion, uh, self-compassion, as well as compassion for others. So many uh, levels of understanding and, and uh, well, teaching me to be uh, very open and non-judgmental. And when I catch myself being judgmental, I'm I really want to look at it. You know, I want to stop and study it and kind of take it apart. And, you know, where's this coming from? Where's this, you know, automatic response coming from? And that is the journey, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Self, yes, yeah, self-reflection is huge. Introspection, self-reflection, both so important uh, along our journey as humans, um, or I should say, souls in a human body <laughs> that's right very very important very important i also wanted to mention which i thought was kind of funny i when i had my first life between lives i wanted to know how many human incarnations i had had on earth and it was over 500 yeah. uh so i thought oh my goodness <laughs> i must be a very slow learner i'm still here working on you know, on things. I'm not sure that's true. I've had people who've had nearly 5,000. I had one person. Wow. So yeah, no, we mm -hmm. can, we can have a lot of incarnations. I don't think you're that slow at all. Sure. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I just, I consider each lifetime is, is really an honor to be able to fulfill your soul's purposes, you know, whatever they might be, even yes. through the, the suffering Yes, have you found yeah. that that with um, your clients as well, that fulfilling the life purpose seems to be very strong in us humans and we're not happy if we're not fulfilling them? Have you found that, Elizabeth? 
Yes, and I think that uh, lack of that uh, is often a root cause of depression, uh, just losing sight of that purpose or those purposes. Why am I here? You know, what does my soul want to accomplish and through me? And, you know, how can I best use this lifetime for soul growth? And so it's, it's so it has affect, they have affected you, which is great. And um, that you've explained and mm. they've made a difference to your life. And you, like every person is unique and you, it's interesting, you've had that experience when you were young and you've been, had that perspective and yet you've gone into science and then you've become a regressionist and you're doing this work and you've done a lot of work on yourself, I can tell, which is important. Oh, absolutely. To do this work. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And so you've, and you have experienced the presence of your spiritual guides during the session. Do you feel having done mm -hmm. so many of those sessions now and in the work you do that you sense your guides around you uh, in your day-to-day -day life? Oh, yes, I do. I do sense that so often. And it, it's funny, um, we tend to have a main spirit guide uh, that's kind of with us day in, day out. And yet there are others that help us with different tasks, especially it, it seems that the more lifetimes and experiences a soul has had, uh, there, there can be guides that help us with our specialty work or our, I have a guide who helps with, with um, the regression therapy. Um, and uh, he's, he's highly significant. And uh, years ago, I was having uh, Reiki treatments Reiki sessions, and, and I learned how to be a, a Reiki practitioner as well, but I felt his presence, and my Reiki master teacher also felt his presence, and it was enormous. It was tall, and the energy was so big, and we, we wondered about it, and we wondered about it, and, you know, I had a few more sessions, and the same energy would come in right on my left, and uh, when I had uh, my past life regression and went on, my desire was to meet the guide who had just recently presented. And, uh, and so I was, I had the privilege of meeting my guide for the first time who helps with this work. I had met other guides for other types of work before, but, but he happens to be a, an archangel whose name is Hallelujah. And uh, he, was an archangel who came through Edgar Cayce back in the 30s. Uh, and they shut Edgar Cayce down. They shut Halalil down because he had a very strong, forceful kind of presence, and they were worried that it was evil. Um, but he's known as the Lord of Karma and the Keeper of the Path, Karma and Mercy, uh, which I found was really interesting. And so it just... I didn't know who he was until I looked him up on the internet after I met him. So when I discovered who he was, you know, it, it made sense. Uh, the Lord of Karma and Mercy, and also very much an interdimensional uh, presence. Uh, there was a lot about, well, a little bit about that, because as I say, they shut him down. But um, but he's not shut in down other... now. It doesn't sound like he's no, <laughs> no. He's, he's working through me, through me, and with me. So I feel really really honored so I do feel his presence a lot in my day-to-day -day life and usually what he does is he ruffles my hair on the left the okay. left side I feel like a vibration or yeah 
that's another thing and that's also, interesting the the signals or the mm, signs that we get yes yeah, sorry i interrupted you yeah there. oh mm. no that's fine uh during during sessions you know i always call in our guides and our angels yes. and other beings of light and uh even highest energies from the crystal mineral kingdom and and the natural world all i i have kind of a a liking for shamanism and the connection with the natural world and earth and the different um, worlds, the higher and try to stick with the higher, the higher worlds. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot to be gained from exploring the lower worlds as well uh, and the middle. Absolutely. I agree with you. <laughs> right. So calling them in at the very beginning of the, of the sessions and uh, it's it's amazing how um, I I can sense my guides. There's there's another fellow who comes with Halaliel too, who's more of a a monk figure with a bowl haircut. And some of my clients actually see this guide in their session. They'll say, "I wonder who that monk is." There's this monk here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he tends to be more of a an earthly type of connection guide. So that's that's really helpful since we are in human bodies in physical form on, on earth. So it's, it's wonderful to have their help. And a lot of times I do sense other people's guides coming in too. You know, um, yeah, you have impressions and, and it's always so reassuring to know that they're there, you know, to feel that they're there for their client, for your clients. You've shared a, a lot of a lot with us today, and uh, I, I'm just wondering then if you would like to tell us if there's anything you'd like to add, or anything that really surprised you about, or anything that else that you wanted to cover um, today to share with people. Because mm. yeah, I, I do want people to know that you do the regressions as well, and that you do them by do you do them by Zoom as well? Yeah, I've had some wonderful sessions that way. You're okay if we put your connection, your website on the podcast? I'd be honoured, yes. <laughs> that would be great. Yes, because you're sharing uh, a lot with us that might be very helpful to some people. They might get the feeling to come to you mm. because you've done a lot of work in this area, Elizabeth, and you've been doing it for some time. Um, yes, yeah, so is it, we need, do need to finish shortly. I was wondering if sure. you'd like to share anything else that you think is important and that you would, uh, or anything that surprised you, like I'm sure there's so many surprises, but anything that you'd like to, to mention. And yeah. I, I just want to also say, it sounds like they're, they're very vivid for you, the regressions as well. So you get mm. visuals and yeah. Yes, so, but and yeah, I'll just leave that to you to, to share anything else you'd like to add. Sure. Um, I am fascinated and a lot of people are fascinated by lifetimes in other life forms and also some on other planets and other star systems. Um, some people think that's pretty far-fetched, but I, I, would, I would guess that maybe 3% or so of my clients will go to a lifetime other than on earth and other than in a life, uh, human life form. Uh, I have had clients um, experience some amazing, uh, what would we would call extraterrestrial life forms. Uh, it, the tendency is to be more for a past life as a human because 
so many of us are contending with uh, human issues, things that we've encountered through other lifetimes, issues that we're working on currently. And yet at times there can be um, a past lifetime on another planet and another life form that can be very helpful. A young man, he was about 32, came to me and had a past life regression and it was kind of kind of um, bland. It was um, a farming lifetime. A lot of lifetimes are a little bit what you might consider bland though. They're not all big, exciting lifetimes, but that's fine because we're, we're learning. We're still learning a lot of things through uh, things like patience and um, hard work and uh, devotion. There are all kinds of things we're still learning and those what we might call a boring lifetime. However, this young man uh, went to a lifetime on another planet and he described himself as kind of being a, a jellyfish type of being uh, with all those tentacles that came down. There were three moons and I believe two suns. When one sun went down, the other one came up really interesting planet described in great detail very consistently uh, you know you you know that these things aren't made up these these facts or these uh thank you <laughs> these uh things just aren't made up they're just too consistent and so he described um his lifetime in this this form and for a long time he was very isolated and very alone in this enormous vast ocean the whole planet was covered with water um and then there were times when others of his kind would approach and it didn't sound like there were any other sea creatures or what we would you know think of as fish or um but the 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 largest theme in this lifetime was uh this beautiful, deep, intense communication between these jellyfish-like beings. And what would happen was the tentacles would, would come together, they would join, and they would convey and communicate um, this incredible, deep material to one another. And it would go on for long periods of time. And I thought, you know, this is, this is amazing. And he, the way he described it and he was crying and, you know, it was just so beautiful the way they communicated. And um, there's such a difference between how humans communicate with language, how, how it often doesn't uh, express exactly what a human would like to convey to another. Um, it was pure. Uh, the communication was very pure and very loving and very extensive. At times, there would be groups of them connecting um, with their tentacles. And he, he said that this, these creatures were enormous. Um, you know, the jellyfish were, I don't remember exactly how big, but probably as large as an elephant, very similar wow. to the size of an elephant. Uh, and the tentacles, of course, were like 30 feet long. Um, so when he came back to current date and place and time, um, you know, we reviewed everything in the soul realm. And uh, when he came back, he was 
he was just in awe of the experience and how complete the communication felt, you know, so, so much different than on earth in human form. And, uh, it, it, he felt like it was, it was just a, a wonderful gift to have experienced that. And I think that he felt like it was kind of validating his, um, his tendency in this lifetime as a human is to really take his time and his work, take his time and, and really connect with people. And sometimes people were a little impatient with him for taking so much time, but um, experiencing that lifetime, he could see why he has that tendency. So that's great, isn't it? He he, he wanted deep and meaningful. Yeah, he wanted mm. deep and meaningful conversations with people or connections with people. And yes. of course, a lot of it is superficial on this planet. So it must have been it a bit is. frustrating for him and, and rushed as well. You know, whereas yes. in that environment, they they took their time. They wanted to take their time. That it was part of the pleasure of connecting was was that long yeah. time. So and yeah. very transparent and pure, like you said, mm-hmm. which of course is yep. very different to what we have here. Like I think I think the message from that is that there's plenty of places to experience and plenty of places to go. And, yes, uh, but we yes. yes when we're done with Earth. <laughs> But there's plenty to do here too. Oh, sure. I'd I'd love to thank you for for doing this together with me today. And as time goes on, like you've got so much experience, maybe we'll do another one sometime if you're interested because you've got a lot you can share. Sure. I'd love to. Yeah. It's been lovely having you and hearing your story. And maybe we'll hear more of your story and maybe some more stories about your clients too if you you want to share them one day. Oh, yes. There, there is so much, so much. As the years go by, it accumulates. So it's wonderful to be able to share. It does. And if anybody's interested in communicating with you, the website, I will include it with this podcast. And I think that will appear on all of the platforms. But if it doesn't, certainly they will find it on my website on this episode with Elizabeth. Thanks so much, Karen. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Please feel free to access my website, lifebetweenlivesregression.com.au for much more information about past lives and life between lives. You also might want to tune in to my Twitter and my Instagram account and my Facebook page, Karen Joy Author. On my website, you will find case studies explored in depth in my blogs and in my books and locate other useful information and resources. Thank you for listening.